Good morning, Hope Community Church. It's a, it's a good time to be in church, and uh, I'm excited that you're here. I want to start off, I want to say thank you to Pastor Don for uh, such a good uh, opener last week on our new sermon series called Count It. It is the month of Thanksgiving, and we are walking through the process of counting our blessings. And he did a wonderful job um, starting out the series. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about um, counting something else. And um, in a world where we count possessions a lot of the time, uh, we want to try to focus on something else. We're going to lean into that this morning. I'll go ahead and get this out of the way up front. You're, you see bandages on my hand. And uh, Tuesday, I had a little surgery on my wrists and elbow. Uh, but all is well. And in about two weeks, you'll see a bandage on my right hand. I'm going to have a little surgery on my right wrist and elbow in about two weeks. So all is going good. And I'm thankful for that. Thankful for everyone who prayed uh, on my behalf this week. Everything's fine. And uh, looking forward to a quick recovery. So why don't we, um, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I'm going to read, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to read two portions of scripture and we're going to contrast the two portions of scripture. We're going to read from Luke and a parable that Jesus told about a, a rich man. And then we're going to read, um, we're going to read a statement from Paul in Philippians. So why don't you stand to your feet and honor the word. And we're going to read Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. And you can find that on the screen or... Uh, in your paper Bible, or you can find it on your phone on the Bible app, however you get it. Say amen if you're ready. All right, Luke 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And then he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do for? I've nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now we're going to read from Philippians. So they'll have that up on the screen for you as well. Philippians chapter one, verse three. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at that day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all. Because I hold you in my heart for you're all part, partakers of, with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. 
so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the, for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Father, we thank you today for your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you for your blessings in our lives. We thank you how you lead us and guide us. But Lord, today we thank you for the people in our lives. Thank you for the family that you surround us with and the friends. And we pray, Lord, that in this season we'd remember people more than things. Help us to do that today, Lord. We thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus tells the man in the parable, it seems like uh, two brothers are having a spat about an inheritance. So one man comes to Jesus and says, hey, will you make my brother split it? Now, Jesus has a little bit of an odd response. I'm not, I'm not the judge of you. I'm, I, how did I become the arbiter of these things? And he gives a warning to the man. He says, hey, listen, don't, don't lean into this thing. Don't, don't let this mix up your family. Don't, don't, get so, don't get so sideways with the money thing that you lose your relationship with your immediate family. He says, don't, don't let covetousness take over. Don't let greed take over. And then he tells a story. He says uh, that there was a rich man who had, who had some good luck. In, in farming and it produced such a huge crop that he didn't know what to do with it. So instead of being generous and all those things, he ends up just building a bigger barn and storing it all away. And he says, man, I don't have to work anymore. I'll just lay back and be fat and happy and just go on with life and not, not have to care in the world. And God says, Hey, listen, do you know that your life is going to be required of you? So the man ends up dying and, and who, and he says, well, then who's going to get all this stuff now? What well, was it worth it? Was it worth it to be stingy? So that's Luke telling the story of Jesus responding to someone who is, uh, who's all worked up about possessions. And I'm sure if you've, uh, if you're sitting in this building with any time in, in your life, with any amount of age on you that you've had times where you felt like you were done wrong when it comes to possessions. If you had a brother or sister growing up, you probably thought at some point in time that they got more than you did. Especially, can I get a, can I get a raise from all the middle ch- children in the house? You know, like the oldest one was a favorite and then the mid, then you came along and it was fine until the third one came along and then they were the baby and then you're just stuck right in the middle. So what happens is Jesus is giving the warning. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, this ain't going to work out real well. If you just lean into this money thing, if it's all about possessions, it's not going to work out real well because your life isn't just made up of possessions. Your joy isn't just made up of the things that you, that you can acquire. Paul, if we fast forward to Paul, towards the end of his life, he's writing to the church in Philippi. And he says, at the beginning of chapter two, he says, man, I thank God for all of you. Now you notice that Paul doesn't spend a lot of time thanking God for the things he has, 
maybe the maybe the material possessions he's collected over the years, over a lifetime of ministry. He he just spends time thanking God for people, for the friends that he has, for the people that he can count on, for the relationships that he's developed over the years. It's in stark contrast to Luke chapter 12, where the man is literally willing to give up a brotherhood for an inheritance. He's willing to say, hey, you force my brother to do this. And yet here Paul is at the end of his life, actually in prison, in prison talking about, hey, materials don't matter to me. It's you. It's, it's people that I'm thanking God for. Matter of fact, you really never hear Paul say a whole lot about possessions. He says, I thank God that, that he provides for me and I can be content in any and every circumstance. I, he said, I've learned how to be content with a lot and I've learned how to be content with little and that's not what matters to me. What matters to me is the people in my life. And I know we live in, we're wrapping up 2021. It's hard to think like that, but we're wrapping up this year and with all of the, uh, with all the chaos, don't know if you're going to get your Christmas gifts in time. Don't know if they're going to be able to be delivered and, and all the shipping stuff is all whacked out and, 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 oh, you might not get toilet paper this week and, and meat is expensive. Everything. We live in a consumeristic society. But the one thing that we're not short on is the ability to create relationships. It's the, it's the one thing that the, that the shipping containers sitting off the coast of California can't interrupt. It's the one thing that, that no matter what the supply, now, now I do have to admit, running short on toilet paper could, could hurt relationships. But, but beyond that, our material possessions really don't have the power to mess our relationships up unless we let them. Jesus is warning, warning the brother, don't do this. Don't lean into being, to coveting things as somebody else has. Don't, don't, don't let it ruin these things. And then we fast forward to Paul and Paul says, you know, I'm the most thankful for people. I'm the most thankful for the relationships I have. Paul had invested in rich relationships. He says, I thank God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for all for you all making my prayer with joy. Paul chose to be thankful for the joy that people brought him. The people in his life encouraged him. They, they brought him joy. And matter of fact, Paul opens every single one of his letters to the churches with the exception of his letter to Galatians is the only letter that he writes that he doesn't do this in. Every other one, he's thanking people up front. He's praying for them and thanking God for them. And everyone, I'll give you a couple examples. Romans 1, 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. He's writing to the church in Rome. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is, is proclaimed in all the world. His first letters to the Corinthians. He says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. When he writes to the Ephesians, the same thing. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And then he writes his first letter to Timothy. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. 
Paul says, I'm choosing to be thankful for the people in my life. Now, what you notice there is he doesn't say, I'm in a bad circumstance, so now I'm not going to give thanks for people. He, he was thankful regardless of his circumstance. Matter of fact, when, he, when he's writing this to the Philippians, he is incarcerated. And yet he is still thanking God for his relationships. He's not letting his circumstances get him so down that, it, that, he, that he withdraws from his relationships. He said, no, these are still the most important people in my life. I'm thankful for you. Now, Paul, um, how do, I don't want to say this. There, there are going to be a handful of people. It's probably not, probably not first service. Maybe second and third. I'm sorry if, if you're in second or third service, but there, there there are some people, some personalities, who find it hard to be thankful for people because people aren't perfect. If you have any relationships at all, you know that they aren't perfect. And if you're a perfectionist, here's the way it might go down. Here's the way it might go down in your head. I would tell them I'm thankful for them, but they keep getting it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I know some people like that. They can't be thankful because it's just a little off. Because it just, if it was just a little better, I'd be thankful for it. If it was just, it's just, it's just not as good as it could be. And so you withhold thanksgiving. Now here's what I'm telling you right now. Paul was writing 90% of these letters to either encourage the church to, to, to embrace sound doctrine or to correct them from false doctrine. And he still says he's thankful for both cases. He still says he's thankful for it. Paul didn't say, hey, if you guys straighten up, I'll be thankful for you. No, he's opening up the letters with thanksgiving. Even in Corinthians, when he writes his letters to correct the church, he's still telling them he's thankful for them. He's not saying, get your act together before I give you any praise. He's not saying, if, if you would stop being an idiot, I would be thankful for you. No, he is thankful for them in their present state. Uh, I wonder how hard it would be this week for, to go to the people in your life that just are a little off. But they've supported you, they've they've been with you, but they just, you know, they just don't do it exactly the way you want to. How hard is it to just walk up to them and go, hey man, I'm really thankful that we're friends. Write them a card, send them a letter, something like that, buy them a gift, however you want to express it to them. But don't let them not being perfect keep you from being thankful. Uh, can I help you in your marriage really quick? If you're married in here, um, first of all, if you're married, you already know they're not perfect. So you went into it knowing that it's not their fault. You married them. You went into it knowing it. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, if you're withholding Thanksgiving from that person, then you're really doing yourself an injustice. You're really sabotaging yourself. So Paul up front says, man, I'm thankful for you. Man, he is brutal with the Corinthians at times. But he says, hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm so thankful for your faith. I'm so thankful for your commitment to me. I'm so thankful for your support. Just because I have to correct you doesn't mean I'm not thankful for you. 
Man, when you have to correct a kid, it doesn't mean you don't want him to be your kid. No, he says, I'm thankful for you. So he's investing in these relationships and they all look different. And they're all, and they're all at different stages and, and, and people are messing up and they're not getting it right. And he says, you know what? I'm investing in people. I'm not investing in some system. I'm not investing in some product. I'm investing in people. People are flawed. People mess up. People sin sometimes. That's not going to keep me from being thankful. Focus on making, investing in those relationships. Focus on investing. The story Luke records that brother chose to focus on on possessions more than he did relationship. He said, I'm willing to sever the relationship because he's not getting it right. Because he's not giving me what I want, I'm willing to sever the relationship. Now, Paul's writing to correct the church, and he says, I'm still going to be thankful for him. Paul's investing in the relationship. So when we focus on investing in relationships, we focus on making those relationships work, then the work works. I'll say that again. When we focus on making the relationship work, then the work works. Watch what he says to the church He says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Here's the thing with Paul. Paul would invest in relationships and then when it came time to work, the investment in the relationship allowed the work to take place. Now listen, that, that might, I don't know if that's confusing or not. Let me, let me say it a different way. In our society today, what we do is we focus on the work more than the relationship. We focus on the system more than the relationship. We focus on getting the kids to school and showing up to work and all that stuff more than the relationship. We focus on, well, this has to take place and this, we have to do this and in order to have the house, in order to have the car, in order to have the vacation that I don't even like going on because I haven't invested in the relationship all year. So when we finally get on vacation, it's not enjoyable. Paul says, I'm thankful for you I'm thankful for you because we're a team. I'm not just thankful for the what's been produced. I'm thankful for the one who produced it. So in the gospel, you are not a number in a system. You're a handpicked, chosen by God individual that God cherishes. So Paul's saying this, I'm thankful for you And because of the relationship we have, the work got done. It wasn't in spite. It wasn't, I I just need this work done and I'll get anybody to do it. And if you don't do it, I'll get somebody else. No, he's saying, I'm thankful for you as an individual. You know what I figured out over the years? The whole idea of people are replaceable is really not true. You can get people to do things, but you can't replace relationships that produce things. It is not the same. 
You take a football team or a baseball team. When that team relationally is clicking, good things happen. You take the relationships out and it's hard to make the thing work. It's hard to make it work. And you could replace talent. You could replace positions. And it just never seems to click. But if you can get the whole team together and they love on each other and they care about each other, support each other, you could take less talented people on a good team and make them perform better. We live in a society today where it's all about the system. It's all about producing results. And if, and if, and if you don't work out, I'm not close enough to you to even care. So we'll just take you out and replace you with somebody else. Churches have even bought into this mentality. I don't know. Paul seemed to care about the people. And I'm thanking God for you. Are the results good? Yeah. I'm happy about the results, but I'm thankful for you and this relationship we have. And because we have this relationship in Christ, the work is getting done. The work is getting done because we know how to care for each other, because we know how to support each other and lift each other up. Nobody gets left behind. Because we have a a relationship like that, things get done. Nobody's overburdened. Nobody's worked too hard. Because we're a team, things get done. Let me say this, using people just to accomplish something doesn't lead to gratitude. Investing in relationships that accomplish something always produces thanksgiving. So if I'm investing in you and our relationship ends up producing something, that leads to thanksgiving. But if I'm just using you to get to something else, can I tell you this? The man who who was trying to get his brother's inheritance That relationship was not going to produce anything. He was breaking the relationship to try to get a materialistic object. But Paul is saying invest in people and the work happens as a natural outcrop of the investment. As a natural response to the relationship, work ends up working. Work ends up being the benefit And thanksgiving is lifted up to God a heart of gratitude because us together, us caring for each other, ended up producing something that brought glory to God. Sad thing is Jesus' parable of the man who ended up being extremely successful never mentions anyone else and his success. He doesn't say, I got my friends together, we came up with a plan. He never says, I shared all the crops with my friends. He never says that. He says, I talked to myself. I planted, I reaped, I, I, I planted, I watered, I sowed it, I reaped it all myself. Now, you know that didn't happen. You know we had help. But at the end of the day, when it was harvest time and there was too much even for him to spend, He didn't talk about anyone else but himself. And can I say this to you? If you have gained any success in your life, I know you worked hard for it. I I know, listen, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. I get it. We're in West Virginia. But let me tell you something. Everybody was supported by somebody. And I'm not talking about the government. Everybody has been invested in by somebody. And especially this time of year, Paul is saying, man, just be thankful for it. Be thankful for those people. At the end of his life, he's locked up and he's saying, man, I'm thankful for you. 
I'm thankful for you, the work that we've been able to do together because of their partnership in the gospel. Then he says this, for God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Can I let you in on a little uh, problem I have? Sometimes I don't give appreciation in the moment. I need to get better at that. Paul was good in his letters to go ahead and thank people up front. Thank, I thank you for the relationship. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for always being there. Thank you for never turning away. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's like Paul never withheld it for any reason whatsoever. You know what? I, when, when I was getting ready for this, you know what? I just started thinking. Matter of fact, um, the past, past two weeks, past three weeks, I will have attended five funerals. In the past three weeks, I've attended five funerals. I've preached three of the five funerals. And that's some type of new record for me. One of the things I think God has been saying to me lately is that people in your life matter more than you know, and you better start telling them. You better start opening the conversation up with thank you. I was sitting in a living room not too long ago and I was hearing stories of a great guy, a guy I knew. We just, we just did his um, home going celebration Friday. And I heard his family talk about how he cared for them and how he, how he loved them. And I was sitting there thinking to myself the whole time, I wonder if I've said this enough to the people that are closest to me. I wonder if they've heard it come out of my mouth. It seemed for Paul to be able to just flow out. Thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for always being beside me. I heard stories about somebody who lived a life that that put people first and appreciated people and was generous. And I just thought, God, have I, have I let people know enough that I care about them? Have I been thankful enough out loud? So do it now. Paul didn't hold back. He didn't wait until people fell in line. He just said, thank you. Don't withhold thankfulness from people. At some point in time, it just becomes mean. To not be thankful and to blame it on our personalities is less than an excuse. We know this is what we should be doing. We should be thankful in all circumstances. So thankful in all circumstances means thankful for people in those circumstances. The parable of the rich fool illustrates how quickly things can end. I started thinking about in the last couple of weeks, our mortality should be the motivation to express Thanksgiving in the moment. Not just every November, 
when we're planning on baking a turkey. But our mortality is, it's like front and center. It's, it's this life is a vapor. It's, a, it's just a breath. And are we being thankful? Are we telling the people closest to us, hey, you're important to me. I cherish the time we have together. You don't have to say cherish, that's weird. But just tell them. Don't hold it back. I started thinking, sitting in that living room, I wonder, I've been married 25 years. I've got kids that are in their 20s. And I wonder if just being familiar with each other has stopped me from being so thankful. We've just been around each other a long time. And so there's little things that happen that I never say thank you for. There's little things that I just take for granted all the time. The faithfulness, the, the honesty, the care, the love, the support, the whole, everything that just goes by the wayside. You just think, well, that's how people should act. No. No, Paul's saying, I thank God that you're with me in this. Do they know it? I started thinking to myself, do my kids know it? Do I brag about my kids enough? Do I tell people enough that I'm, do I tell my kids enough that I'm proud of them? Do I tell the people that are around me that I'm proud of them? Do I say things like that? Do I, do, or am I withholding it for some perfect time? Paul's like, hey, I'm in prison. Whatever, I'm saying it now. Thank you. I'm going to open up this letter to the Corinthians. Thank you. Yeah, I'm getting ready to give you a whooping, but I'm going to say thank you up front. I still want you on the team. Past three weeks, mortality has been on the front page of my life. Every week, it was like, wow, somebody else. Some of, some of them are extremely tragic. It made me think, man, God, do the people around me that are the closest to me know that I'm thankful for them? Do they know how I feel about them? So I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with this. Uh, anytime, I can, um, anytime I can slot a Garth Brooks song into a sermon, I'll probably do it. So there's a... There's a little song by Garth Brooks. The band is going to come up and play it. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I kind of, in my college years, was listening to Garth Brooks. And, and I remember this song when it came out. And the second verse says this. Because I've lost loved ones in my life who never knew how much I love them. Now I live with the regret that the true feelings for them never were revealed. So I made a promise to myself to say each day how much she means to me. He's talking to about his wife and avoid the circumstance where there's no second chance to tell her how I feel. So listen, Thanksgiving is the easy time to send a card because everybody's expecting it. Thanksgiving is an easy time when you're, when you're cutting into the turkey to tell everybody, oh, I'm so thankful for you. My goal in this life is, to, is that it would be the way I operate all the time. Not withholding it. Not stonewalling my wife because I'm, because I'm irritated about something. But just, but just opening up the day with, man, I'm thankful for you. I really am. 
to let my kids know over and over, to let the people I work with know over and over that I'm thankful for. Thankful past the problem. Thankful past the disagreement. Thankful past the thing not working. Thankful past all of that. But I'm thankful for people. And man, listen, if we could get this in our heads and appreciate the people around us, our relationships would be so much better. Our relationships would be so much better. We live in a society that's fighting over and over again for things. And it's like the parable that Jesus was telling and the, and the guy fighting his brother. We're just fighting for things and fighting for things and fighting for things. And the church could walk out in the middle of that and go, no, we're going to care for people. We don't care about things. We're not going to fight over stupid things that don't even matter, that won't be around. I might not get another chance to say this. I care about you. We could be that church in the midst of the most consumeristic culture to ever the planet has ever known. The church could stand up and say, we're going to put people first. We're going to care about people more than anything else. And we're not going to hold back. We're going to let them know right now. So I want to do this. I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to think about the people in your life. We're going to end with this. I want you to think about the people in your life, the people close to you, the people that have invested in you, the people who have stuck by you. Man, I got friends right now that if I, if they found out I was in trouble, they'd be at my house. They just would. When's the last time they heard from your mouth or from a pen in your hand in a letter? When's the last time they've heard from you? Thank you. Thank you for being great. When's the last time your husband's heard it, your wife's heard it? When's the last time your best friend heard it? When's the last time the people close to you heard, thank you for just being a friend. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for always being there. And if you're thinking it's been a while, don't let another day go by. Don't let another day go by. The savior of the world came here, not for any possession, not for any material thing, but for a relationship with us. He came for a relationship with you and me, an intimate relationship with you and me. And he wants that same relationship between each of us. We're in a body together. You say, well, they've done something to me. They've done this, they did that. Come on. Come on, this is the, this is the fast track to getting, to getting over things, to getting through things. So let them know you appreciate them. Let them know you're thankful. And don't, don't hold it another second. Come on, let's pray like that. Father, we thank you this morning. You've been so good to us. Lord, in, even in the most difficult circumstances, God, you're working on our behalf. You're, you're leaning into us, directing our steps. And you've put people around us. Lord, we got a church full of people around us. God, and we pray that we'd be better at saying thank you to those people, better at appreciating those people, better at letting them know we love them. How much we appreciate them. We pray, Lord, that we start it today. Lord, that the recognition of our mortality, Lord, would, would catapult us into being thankful, that we wouldn't wait another second. God, we pray that we'd be a church that was just thankful for people. Lord, give us the ability to do that. You came here to have a relationship with us 
And we pray that we take that relationship, Lord, and we spread it with others. God, help us to be those people that put people over things every time, all year round. Lord, help us to be more like you. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, come on, give you give him praise and honor again this morning. He's good. Amen. Hey, tell somebody thank you on the way out. Let them know how much you appreciate them. Take them to dinner. And we'll see you back here next week.